welcome to another special edition of Podiatry Today podcast. Again, focusing on emerging coverage from the 2022 Midwest Podiatry Conference. In this episode, Robert Smith, DPM, shares essentials from his lecture on opioid mitigation for the podiatric physician. We had a chance to speak with him today about the topic and what he thinks DPMs need to know right now. Although your lecture covered a comprehensive overview of how DPMs can contribute to combating opioid misuse and abuse, there's one particular area that I don't think we hear about as much, and that's patient risk assessment. Can you share some of the risk factors that DPMs should look for as far as a patient who is at risk for aberrant behaviors associated with opioid use? Of course, Dr. Spector. First of all, we want to look at the risk factors for misuse and abuse, and we can always turn to the opioid risk tool that does describe personal history of substance abuse, where it is prescription drugs greater than illicit drugs, greater than alcohol, as well as a family history of substance abuse and the age between 16 and 45, as well as psychiatric comorbidity. And these are diseases like bipolar affective disorder, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, and major depressive disorder, as well as obsessive compulsive disorder, personality disorder. These are all risk factors for misuse and abuse of opioids. Now, recognizing signs of aberrant behavior as I practice not only as a podiatrist, but as a pharmacist, some of these patterns of behavior are the following. And these have been described in 2013 by the American Psychiatric Association. And there are complaints about the need for more medication, drug hoarding when symptoms abate, requests for specific pain medications, openly acquiring similar medications from other providers, occasional unsanctioned dose escalation of prescribed medication, unapproved use of the drug to treat other symptoms, or non-adherence to other recommendations for pain therapy. Now, if we look at healthcare use patterns that are red flags for aberrant behavior, missed appointments, concurrent misuse of illicit drugs and alcohol, as I previously described, a pattern of calling in refills after hours, frequent visits to the emergency room for pain medicine, or the use of multiple physicians and pharmacies for the same drug, or strong preference, and my favorite, I'm allergic to everything except that drug, I think it's known as Demerol. Further, a repeatedly needing early refills of the prescription that we have prescribed, a dramatic increase of the use of all prescription opioids, significant increase in problems associated with the use, multiple episodes of, whoops, I lost or the drug was stolen, or, and this is one that's very subtle, fears and complaints. Oh, the dose doesn't seem to work, so therefore I used a few from my mom or from my dad or from my wife. I can't sleep if I don't get my medicine. You know what, doc? I need it for my nerves. Or deterioration in the function at work or socially, And then again, illegal activity, selling, buying from non-medical sources, or one that violates the opioid contract, refusal to comply with random drug screens. 
what tools are out there for clinicians to take advantage of that may help even more clearly identify these at-risk patients? I'm glad you asked that question, Dr. Spector. I love the opioid risk tool, screening tool. It's available online. It was developed in 2005 by Webster and Webster, and it was actually to be used as a brief screening tool to assist in predicting accurately those patients that may develop behaviors when prescribed opioids for a chronic pain. But it was revised just slightly and verified and validated in 2019. It's a wonderful tool, and it actually describes what I have previously described at at-risk behaviors. However, there are 16 other tools that can be used. And of these 16 other tools, only nine have been validated. And I plan on actually writing a clinometrics um, article outlining these 16 tools. But for instance, the ones that are validated is the brief risk interview or the brief risk questionnaire or the current opioid misuse measure or the Diagnostic Intractable Risk and Efficiency Score. Again, the opioid risk tool and the patient questionnaire. And then the prescription drug use questionnaire for self-reporting. And then lastly, the screener and opioid assessment for patients with pain revised. And these were published from 1998 as recently as 2015. But also, other tools that can help us are, again, the opioid risk tool, which is the most popular, the SOAP or the screener opioid assessment for pain for patients with pain, the DEER, Diagnosis Intractable Risk Efficiency School, and then for misuse of, treat, of opioid treatment, we have the pain medication questionnaire, the current opioid misuse measure, as well as the prescription drug questionnaire. But if we go for other uh, patient populations, the CAGE aid, which is the one that we use when we're looking at patients for alcoholism, has been expanded to include and adjusted for opioids. We also have the RAFT, which is the Relax, Alone, Friends, Family, and Trouble questionnaire. And then the one that I'm really interested in that's gained popularity is the CBERT, which is the Screening Brief Intervention Referral to Treatment. And what I like about the CBERT is it can also be used to detect those individuals or what I consider secondary victims, those individuals that create a medical error to a patient. And yes, that patient becomes the primary victim, but those professionals that create a medication error, take on abundance of guilt, may go through depression, and may even attempt suicide. And this screening brief intervention tool helps us refer them quickly for treatment and help abate harm to secondary victims. What about digital or online tools? There are screening tools available online for both the Android as well as our um, iPhones. The CDC also has a very nice opioid prescribing mobile app whereby it assists us in calculating morphine milligram equivalents as well as prescribing guidelines up to date. And then it gives us a motivational, inspirational interviewing technique practice scenario that we can have with our patients 
to identify aberrant behaviors or patients that may be at risk for opioid use disorder. Also, the CDC has what's known as the ACDO, which is the Assess, Check, Discuss, and Observe. Again, we're going to assess and evaluate risk factors, such as history of substance use disorder, but not only that, but respiratory conditions that could increase a patient's risk for harm for opioid therapy. We're going to check, again, in every state now, I believe all 50 states, we're going to use the prescription drug monitoring program to look at doctor shopping or multiple medications that may rise to deadly drug interactions. And we're going to use drug testing to make sure our patients are adhering to their medication. And then we're going to discuss, and this is most important because we want to make sure our expectations and the patient's expectations are known. We also want to find out and ferro out any ill effects such as nausea or over sedation. And then we're going to observe such as slurred speech or what we do best, abnormal gait. We're also going to use, like I said, the prescription drug monitoring program. It has been validated that the use of a prescription drug monitoring program in New York, in Florida, in Tennessee, has decreased the amount of doctor shopping within two years of the installment of the prescription drug monitoring program. What do you want DPMs to focus on most when evaluating how they can be part of combating the opioid epidemic? What I believe is a team approach that we need to be on the front line and we need to actually realize that any type of procedural or surgical intervention is a gateway for the potential of opioid misuse and abuse. We need to employ opioid stewardship. And I've discussed this and written it before. I came up with the acronym morphine. I believe that podiatric physicians can be instrumental in their patient's health by positively screening patients with a brief intervention before the patient goes down a path that we can't pull them back from, that the type of intervention can be a collaborative conversation between medical professionals, the, medical, the patient, as well as it enhances the patient's motivation to change their behavior if indeed they do have opioid use disorder or other substances. The conversation needs to include advice and education about substance use as well as guidelines that are tailor-made for the patient. It may be brief, five-minute chat, and we hit a home run, or it could be follow-up conversations to motivate patients. But this is why we need to rely on effective communication as well as a watchful eye to look for this. And if needed to, bring in the collaborative team because some patients may need to be referred to residential treatment programs, intensive outpatient treatment programs, standard outpatient treatment programs, or just basic office-based buprenorphine. And my dream is that every licensed professional has the ability to not only prescribe naloxone for those patients with chronic opioid um, 
pain management, which I hope we are doing, but I'm hoping that we as providers can actually either refer or start prescribing buprenorphine because as a team, we raise the patient and we allow for the patient to take charge of their life and not be shackled to opioid use disorder. It's most important with any medication here that we evaluate clearly defined the patient's problem. Again, a multimodal effect, an approach. We do specifically choose a therapeutic objective. We select the appropriate drug therapy. We do initiate the therapy. And again, we can consider non-pharmacological therapy. Again, multimodal, physical therapy, osteopathic therapy, chiropractic therapy, acupuncture. We can refer to other providers. We want to make sure that we give effective communication, instruction, information, and warnings. We evaluate the patient ther therapy regularly, and we always consider drug costs with any medication. And then again, we're going to use computers not only as tools to reduce prescribing errors and drug-drug interactions, but we're going to use a computer patient drug monitoring system to help avoid patient harm from opioids. Thank you so much, Dr. Smith, for sharing your expertise and thoughts with the attendees of the Midwest Podiatry Conference, as well as with our readers and listeners today. Make sure to check out additional meetings coverage, including that for the Midwest Podiatry Conference, at podiatrytoday.com. <music>